0: Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for the gift of life that every day is um, present from you, that we are not entitled to. Um, We thank you that you grace us with beautiful weather and lazy mornings, um, that you uh, give us friends and family to share it with. And, Father, we we thank you most um, gratefully for the gift of your Son and that through your word we see him. And we pray that we see him a little bit more this morning as the conquering king. In his name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. We're in Leviticus 20. In Leviticus 20 um, and and I'm gonna we're, we're gonna do the whole chapter today it's 27 verses I think we can do it there are 27 chapters in Leviticus so if you're an accountant person um, that means we have seven chapters left in this book and we will be done with Leviticus <clears throat> next week um, Rodney Skiles will be starting a series in here for the next three weeks. While I'm preparing for the retreat, he graciously offered to to teach on Sunday mornings, and uh, I think he's going to go through First Peter, so it should be should be good. So we'll take a break after this chapter, and then we'll pick up on the other side of the retreat in verse in chapter 21, and then it's seven mere chapters of Leviticus, and then we'll be we'll be done. I just think that's pretty amazing. Um, all right. If you look at chapter 20, you'll see that we've covered all of this before. That everything mentioned in this chapter is stuff that we've looked at in chapters 18 and 19. There's all the sexual immorality stuff. There's all the necromancer wizardry stuff and who was not Sauron. Um, All this this stuff is there. The difference in this chapter, uh, well, I want you to tell me what the difference in the chapter is. Let's look at chapter 20. starting in verse uh, 1. "'The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, "'Say to the people of Israel, "'Any one of the people of Israel "'or of the strangers who sojourn in Israel "'who gives any of his children to Molech "'shall surely be put to death. "'The people of the land shall stone him with stones.'" I myself will set my face against that man and will cut him off from among his people because he has given one of his children to Molech to make my sanctuary unclean and to profane my holy name. And if the people of the land do at all close their eyes to that man when he gives one of his children to Molech and do not put him to death, then I will set my face against that man and against his clan and will cut them off from among their people, him and all who follow him in whoring after Molech. If a person turns to mediums and necromancers whoring after them, I will set my face against that person and will cut him off from among his people. We'll stop there for now. What's different? We've already seen the Molech prohibition, right? We've already seen that. What's different with this and this is the way it is for the rest of the chapter. It's written to the people. It's not written to the person who's doing it. It's written to the people Okay. To hold that person accountable. Okay, so it's written to the people. We, we see that. And in fact, it's a very emphatic way that it's put. Everybody's responsible for this. That's kind of the way that's set up. What else do you see that's a little different from what we've seen before? It's punishment. There's punishment there. What's the punishment? Death, Death by what? Dumb. Who does it? The people do it, right? This is something that's very interesting. The The, the chapter is actually set out in kind of a smart folks call it a chiistic structure. You've got an A, B, C, B, A kind of structure. Uh, the A would be verses 1 through 6, what we just read. The laws against Molech worship and seeking out divination. Then the B would be, we'll see, an exhortation to the people to be holy. And then the C is laws against... Dishonoring parents and sexual immorality That's 9 through 21 It's the largest section in here And then B It returns to Exhorting the people to be holy And then it ends on Divination It's kind of That's just the way it's set up Um, and, And the idea here Is that the second and fourth The two B's Provide the rationale for all the others It's because the Lord Has called the Israelites To reflect His holy character in the world So we see that who whom does to whom does this apply, this, this statute? Don't sacrifice children to Molech. Everybody. Everybody. The Israelite and the sojourner, right? The Israelite and the alien. Well, we'll put politics aside. All right. And the people of the land are to carry out the death penalty. The, Penalty for the participation in this kind of pagan worship is death. The method of capital punishment is stoning. Not only is this a destruction of a child, but this is idolatry in its most heinous form, right? I mean, we talked last time about the nature of what goes on there and how horrible that is. It deserves death. And the community in general is taking a stand and is called to take a stand against the sin of idolatry, the sin of child sacrifice. Gosh, I'm so glad that we don't deal with that anymore. Um, what happens? Can anybody just accuse another person of these crimes? And then all of a sudden they're facing the stoning squad. What What happens? I saw him burn his child. Well, Johnny's right here. What? I saw him burning his chi- a child to Molech. What happens? We haven't got here yet, but in Deuteronomy, we'll find out, lo, these mini moons from now, um, that there is a trial involved. A person who's accused has a right to a trial. They have the law available to them. As a protection against accusation. And unless there are two or three witnesses that testify against them, they're not going to be guilty. They, there's a right to a trial here in Israel, it's not just a witch hunt. The interesting thing to me is that the witnesses that are the evidence for this person, whoever it is, for them being condemned. The witnesses are the ones who throw the first stones. Imagine that in our court system. The guy goes out and takes a stand. Yeah, I saw him shoot her, right? Uh, okay, great, he's convicted. You pull the switch. This puts a little burden on truthfulness and testimony, don't you think? It just got real, Right? you're throwing the first stone to this guy's death. That's a pretty... For all the barbarity that people complain about ancient cultures, that seems mighty civilized to me. If you're going to have capital punishment, you make the first accuser, you really believe this, you act on it. Right? It seems like that would cut out a lot of nonsense. What happens... Um, Well, it also says that God himself would set his face against that man and will cut him off from his people. Um, What does that mean? He's already being stoned. Isn't that the guy who does not sees and doesn't say anything? Well, it says in both places, doesn't it? It says before you get to that, too, he says God will set his face against the person who burns his children to Molech and will cut him off from his people. Some of the smart guys will say that um, that this is he sets his face against him by the judgment that's acted out in the stoning. And also, he sets his face against him and cuts him off from his people in the afterlife. Basically, there's eternal judgment there as well, and he's making a nod toward that. But you brought up the point of what if they don't? What if they turn their head? Um, In this kind of community, who's going to be among the people who accuse someone of this kind of idolatry who would do it family. family right these are tight communities and so if you're going to accuse somebody if you're going to stone somebody it's going to be cousin harry my mother's sister's son has done this I'm making sure i got that right um, and so do you see how there might be a tendency not to want to... I mean, that would make Thanksgiving hard with, Aunt, you know, Betty. Do you see why there would be a reluctance to do this? For sure. So what does he say? If you don't, God will turn space. What does that? If you don't, God will turn His face against not only that person that did it, but also the clan. Right? Is what it says. What does that tell you about God and what He expects? Holiness. Holiness. Okay. At what cost? Righteous justice. The opinion of others. Earthly loyalties. Maybe. Is that new? Have we heard that somewhere else? Right? I'm thinking of something in red. Unless you hate mother and father, brother and sister, you cannot be my disciple. And and just so we are clear, hate does not mean less love (laughs) compared to... The love and the zeal that we have for the for the righteousness, the holiness of Christ, it's going to be interpreted as other from uh, by others as hate. How how dare you call what I do sin? You you hate me. That's not love. You you know, coexist, right? (laughs) Unless you hate mother, sister, brother, um, you cannot be my disciple. I came to bring a sword. This is not a new thing. He's calling them to be zealous for loyalty to the redeeming king ahead of earthly loyalty. And if they don't, if they dithered on this, if they close their eyes, we would say turn a blind eye, God himself will set his face against them, be in judgment of them, of that man and the clan. Why? Why?
1: He's trying, to root
0: this out. He's trying to root it out. What's, what's the problem? Just a little dabbling in a little magic.
1: Well, if the clan doesn't report it, then the clan is corrupt.
0: <clears throat> the clan doesn't report it, then the clan is corrupt. It provides cover for this thing, and it's like a cancer that. Um, and, the and the corruption spreads. And the corruption spreads. The unclean, we've already seen that kind of idea in the cleanliness code where a little bit of uncleanliness touches everybody and then it gets back to the tabernacle. Here we have moral corruption. I mean, this is the most heinous thing you can do in idolatry, burn a child. And we won't get into the specifics, but it's pretty graphic and pretty awful. Um, the Molech worshiper was, has shown utter contempt for the king who dwells among Israel... And he says this, make my sanctuary unclean. And for his holy nature, and he says it this way, to profane my holy name. He goes from there and then moves to mediums and necromancers. Again, what's the difference in this and what we've seen already? Same difference. Punishment. This is the punishment chapter. This is how the criminal system in Israel is going to work. <coughs> this, is civil, this is a civil code governing the, the country, governing the nation. Um, discussing those who go to such persons. He's talking about those who are, who are seeking out. What are you doing when you go to one of these people? What, what's, called, what's the root issue here?
1: Well, you're not trusting God,
0: first You're not trusting God. Has God given knowledge of things? Has he given instruction on how to live? Yes. He has a revealed will do this and live, he says. <clears throat> What's going to these guys? What does that show?
1: You don't believe God's revealed
0: will. I'm not satisfied with God's revealed will. I am entitled to know more. Isn't that crossing over the creature creator distinction? He reveals what he wants, and we're trying to find out what he hasn't told us. What's going to happen tomorrow? What's going to happen at the battle with the Philistines, Saul would say. He doesn't go to God, goes to the witch of Endor, and is kind of surprised by what he finds. <clears throat> Again, the penalty for disloyalty to the king is death. Um, is that something that's going to be public? I mean, if you go to a, a medium or, a, or somebody who raises dead people you know, to talk to for a we'll little chat, um, is that something that's going to be very public? Come to the town square tomorrow, Madam, what's her face? Helvenka, I don't know, I come up with a name. Um, is it going to be public? No, it's going to be very secret, right? And so the idea is, if it gets discovered, when it gets discovered, because ultimately it will. If you go to somebody like that, um, it needs to be a public um, punishment. the The language here could mean exile, and there are three levels of punishment we see here. There's the there's the stoning, there's exile, cut off from the people, and then there's the last one's childless, and we'll talk about that in a minute. Here it could be exile or stoning, but the idea, is, since it's linked with Molech, most likely going to be stoning. All right, look at verses 7 and 8. Consecrate yourselves, therefore, and be holy, for I am the Lord your God. Keep my statutes and do them. I am the Lord who sanctifies you. What's he requiring of them?
1: apart from these other things
0: set themselves apart they are to make an effort to consecrate themselves the ESV says others are to make yourself holy it's interesting language consecrate yourself what else is he saying there's an action keep my statutes. Statute. there's action what else is he saying the reason for it is, for He is the Lord. Okay, is He requiring something else of them? There's the action of holiness, and then He says something else. It's a state of being. Be holy. Be holy. Thank you. Be not only do you act holy; you're to be holy. How are they going to do that, guys? I can follow a standard. I know what the rule is. I can toe the line, especially when there's stoning involved. Be holy? How are they going to do that? says the last part
1: that the Lord sanctifies
0: them. The Lord sanctifies them. What does that tell you about God? He gives you the ability to do what He asks you to do. Unless He moves, you can't fulfill it. Right? he's got to make you sanctified so be sanctified consecrate yourselves unless he makes you holy you can't do it but he has made you holy so consecrate yourself you see the order there he's not saying uh, that you can achieve this by some great gift to God my obedience he's given you the gift he's given he is giving them, calling them to live in the grace that He is moving in hearts. Be holy. Why? What's it grounded in? His character. His nature. He's the standard. You're just being mean. By what standard? Right? He's the standard. Keeping God's laws that are revealed in the Torah is one way, is is an effort, an action that he's calling them to do. They also have to understand that men cannot manufacture holiness. It comes only from the gracious and sovereign hand of God. I am the Lord who sanctifies you. All right. So then he begins and showing what not to do. Verses 9 through 21. Now, I'm just going to read through this, um, and, and, and then I'd like for you, as we're reading through it, to think about um, who would be involved in these things, how close the relationship might be in some of these things, and, and why he put some things in here. Um, I'm, I'm just going to read it. Verse 9. For anyone who curses his father or his mother shall surely be put to death. He has cursed his father or his mother. His blood is upon him. Verse 10. If a man commits adultery with the wife of his neighbor, both the adulterer and the adulteress shall surely be put to death. If a man lies with his father's wife, he has uncovered his father's nakedness. Both of them shall surely be put to death. Their blood is upon them. If a man lies with his daughter-in-law, both of them shall surely be put to death. They have committed perversion. Their blood is upon them. If a man lies with a male, as with a woman, both of them have committed an abomination. They shall surely be put to death. Their blood is upon them. If a man takes a woman and her mother also, it is depravity. He and they shall be burned with fire, that there may be no depravity among you. If a man lies with an animal, he shall surely be put to death, and you shall kill the animal. If a woman approaches any animal and lies with it, you shall kill the woman and the animal. They shall surely be put to death. Their blood is upon them. If a man takes his sister, a daughter of his father, or a daughter of his mother, and sees her nakedness, and she sees his nakedness, it is a disgrace, and they shall be cut off in the sight of the children of their people, He has uncovered his sister's nakedness, and he shall bear his iniquity. If a man lies with a woman during her menstrual period and uncovers her nakedness, he has made naked her fountain, and she has uncovered the fountain of her blood. Both of them shall be cut off from among their people. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your mother's sister or of your father's sister, for that is to make naked one's relative. They shall bear their iniquity. If a man lies with his uncle's wife... He has uncovered his uncle's nakedness, they shall bear their sin, they shall die childless. If a man takes his brother's wife, it is impurity. He has uncovered his brother's nakedness, they shall, die, they shall be childless. <clears throat> and we've been through all of these before. One long, very uncomfortable lesson several weeks ago, we went through all of these before, so I don't want to rehash that but what's the difference what's the first difference you see that's what we've seen in some of the others punishment not just prohibition but the punishment that's assigned to each one the penalties for the guilty how does he begin this section this is what I found very very interesting well one of the things i found interesting how does he begin this section what's the first thing he wants to punish Cursing the, Cursing the parents. What's that grounded in? Just curious. Is there a commandment, commandment about that, which one do you remember? How does it go? Yeah. Honor your father and mother. And we saw it again, repeated here in Leviticus last week, "Honor your mother and father reverses the order, kind of thing. Curse them, uh, to make light of them, to belittle them, to dishonor them. It's the idea there. Why would he go there first? Disrespect. huh that's an interesting thought the rest of these stem from disrespect how does he phrase each of many not all of them but many of them how does he phrase them what is the what is it issue other than the yuck yuck factor what's the issue uncovering what shouldn't be, what shouldn't be uncovered it is a dishonor to if it's your uncle's wife who does it dishonor? Your
1: uncle.
0: your uncle. If it's your father's wife, who does it dishonor? Father. If it's your brother's wife, who does it dishonor? The brother. There's a disrespect here, a, a disdain for what belongs to another, the covenant relationship that is belonging to another. At the core, it's a disdain for that person. Uh, and it's also a disdain for the created order of God. Um, all right. Just just to clarify the whole, if you curse your mother and father, you should be stoned, they're not talking about the typical adult wannabe, child acting out kind of thing here. That's not really what's going on here. I mean, you you have a 14-year-old, well... I don't know that culture fourteen may work, but if you have a eleven year old, let's say, who, who just kind of freaks out and I'm not gonna do what you say and stamps her foot, which is always a great positive encouragement sign to me when that happens and, and I'm really wanting to implement this verse at that time. Um, you have that kind of that's not what it's talking about. It's not talking about the acting out thing. It's talking about someone who has an adult and in Deuteronomy, it kind of lends, it lends the, the idea that they're still living in the basement of their parents' house on the Internet, apparently the bloggers. Um, that they're still living with their parents, and they curse them. They reject their covenant instruction, reject their covenant God, right? So it's, it's, a, it's a clear disrespect and disregard for, wow, it's ten twelve. Uh, disregard for God and 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 who He is, and so that's where that that happens.
1: It's five two. It's nine it's 50 50 60.
0: 60. Yeah, it's nine. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah. <laughs> 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 My clock is off. <laughs> <laughs> but act like it is. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Why did you tell him? Okay. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> I know where you all really are. I, to, I don't know how this works. All right. A trial is given, again, um, and, and, and the same idea of, of witnesses and all of that given to the, the man-child who is uh, cursing his parents. This idea, it says this many times throughout this, this section, his blood is upon him. W- what does that mean? What is he trying to address there, do you think? His blood is upon him. What happens if someone's accused? My brother Johnny gets accused, and he gets stoned because of this. And what? Do, and and you testified against my brother Johnny. What am I likely to do? Retaliate. Retaliate. In fact, there's a whole discussion on uh, blood feuds and 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 um, and all of that. We'll get into cities of refuge and all that kind of stuff. So you have a a. a, a prohibition against a blood feud their blood's on them they've been given the opportunity of a trial they've been given witnesses that have testified against them they could have examined them more and see the witnesses are credible all of that was there and once it's done and justice has been served that's it there should be no blood their blood is upon the guilty they, they did it to themselves and so he he, uh, he says that again and again um, Many of the following laws, all these sexual immorality laws, involve family. To commit any one of them, of course, brings dishonor to the family. And each of these instances that is talked about, it's not a rape situation. Because you see them both are stoned, both are burned, whatever. What about the? Well, it's not talking about a rape situation. It's talking about consensual stuff going on. He calls it adulterer and adulteress, right? That's how he starts out the deal. And then he goes through all the permutations of what that looks like. Both are consensual. Both are violating this law. Both are are making a mockery of the covenant of God. So it's not a rape situation, um, unlike some other uh, Middle Eastern um, cults. All right. What does this say, then, Um, in verse 20 and 21? What's the penalty there? And why is that a big deal? I mean, many in our culture today would think that would be like a blessing. Your line is done. Your line is done. Why is that a big deal in Israel? It's huge. That's how lands pass down and it it would then go to whomever. Whomever. It would go within someone else in the family, but you're cut off. Your name is attached to your heirs. Do you continue in Israel? The only way that that happens is if you have children, Right. So that that's a huge deal for them. It's a blotting out of the person is basically what he's what he, what the judgment is. Um, they're not killed, but they are uh, cut off. Look at verses twenty two through twenty six. You shall therefore keep all my statutes and all my rules and do them, that the land where I am bringing you to, uh, bringing you to live. May not vomit you out, and you shall not walk in the customs of the nation that I am driving out before you, for they did all these things, and therefore I detested them. But I have said to you, You shall inherit their land, and I will give it to you to possess a land flowing with milk and honey. I am the Lord your God, who has separated you from the peoples. You shall therefore separate the clean beast from the unclean, and the unclean bird from the clean. You shall not make yourselves detestable by beast or by bird or by anything with which the ground crawls, which I have set apart for you to hold unclean. You shall be holy to me. For I, the Lord, am holy and have separated you from the peoples, that you should be mine. Okay. Here again, he emphasizes the importance of obeying the preceding laws. He starts with a history lesson. What happened or what is going to happen? It's a future history lesson at this point. What is going to happen? To the people in the Promised Land, they're going, be out. they're going to be driven out by whom?
1: Israel.
0: By Israel, at whose instruction and who, under whose power? God's. Right. He is using a nation as an instrument of judgment against people who do this stuff, and he's using Israel, and he's sending them in as the instrument of judgment with a warning. What's the warning? don't do this, don't right? do this. <laughs> or what I'll drive you out it what it'll happen, to you. it'll happen to you and how does he describe the land the very land itself we'll vomit will out. vomit you out <laughs> will vomit you out what for something to be vomited out what does that imply about the thing that is to be vomited out yeah, it's, foul. <laughs> it's foul it's it's detestable you're really, it's just not worth keeping?
1: It's worthy of that kind of rejection. It's worthy of
0: that kind of rejection. And, and then you just flush it. Um, that is the level of disgust, of distaste, that God has for this kind of activity. Cultic worship. Uh, uh, this breach of the created order that he has given, this is his revulsion to it. He describes it as gra- that the very land will vomit them out, and it's a land that he's giving to them. Again, there's promise in the law. He's taking them there. You're going to get there. And how does he describe this land? What is it? What's this f- famous for? Honey. Milk and honey. Why would he describe it that way? First of all, why milk? say it so good what livestock? livestock in this culture what's involved uh, with with living what do you have to have you don't have a brookshire's doesn't come in a nice little cellophane wrapper you're gonna have to be self-sufficient You're gonna have to be self-sufficient? You need your, your milk cows you need your meat cows meat bowls or whatever yeah yeah you need well meat cows probably you probably want to hang on to your bulls because they kind of help your I'm just just a little tidbit there in case you ever want to do a little homesteading. Um, the, the thing is, you've got to have some livestock, right, to eat on. And a sign of livestock, milk is a very staple food in this culture. Um, and in any culture, it does the body good. Um, so you have this idea of if there's milk, then there's livestock, lots of livestock. Why honey? Things grow there, very good. And honey is sometimes referred to the the meat of the melon is honey, those kinds of things, honey melon. Um, So you have the idea that if there's honey, there's bee production going on, there's stuff to pull pollinated and all this kind of stuff. And it's desirable. It's sweet. You don't need to live. But what a bonus, right? What a bonus. This land is not just enough for your needs. But it is overflowing with stuff that is desirable. That's the idea. It's your needs are su- your needs are supplied, and it's a land to be desired. That have to work
1: years and
0: years to right, right. It's it's getting it to them uh, by, by by work that has been done by those who were doing these detestable things. So their labor is actually given over to those who have been called out by God. Similar to what happened in Egypt, isn't it? They plundered the Egyptians. Here, take my stuff. Get out. Didn't have to work for the the gold and the fabrics and all that stuff that they got. Um, all right. Why were they to be obedient? God has separated them from the peoples. Look at verse twenty-five. We've been talking about morality, sexual immorality. Um, idolatry. why would he then go here? It seems very odd to go to the, is he elevating the discernment between clean and unclean animals here. What's he doing?
1: Well he, he goes from talking about the nations that were in the land and Israel meeting them out. And so therefore he's talking about the distinction between them and the the land, the people of the land. So then in my version it says you shall therefore distinguish. So he's kind of coming from that idea to, okay, well then since since you're distinct from the people, then you're gonna distinguish in the smaller things of of, uh, you know, I've ordained these things to be clean and unclean, you should honor those.
0: Okay. He's making an analogy. Right? Where do we learn about the clean and unclean animals? Was it in the Holiness Code? Just, just a little bit of hermeneutic here. Was it in the Holiness Code, or was it somewhere else? It
1: was in the temple, the tent. There,
0: there was what code was that in? You remember? Do you remember all the codes? I one we got seven. I mean, oh. ceremonial. Well, yeah, you, yes. In, in essence, it's the ritual I'm just being. A clown, but um, it's in the ceremonial, the cleanliness code we called it, where he talks about what animals are. It's the ritual purity stuff to get you into the tent, to get you into the whole, you know, the the, the fellowship with God. There's a, that ritual distinctness. It wasn't sin; it was just part of their ritual, right? Do you see what he's doing here? He is making an analogy between that ritual purity that we talked about for many weeks, and was like, really? Don't eat crawly things. Okay, I'm good. All that stuff, he's making an analogy here that that I've called you to do that as a picture of how zealous you should be not to do this. There's a relationship, there's a picture of the ritual purity and the moral purity that he's calling, the holiness that he's calling them to live. Um, Just as you show your mind by making distinctions between ritually clean and unclean animals, so you must show your mind by making distinctions between morally clean and unclean actions in every area of your life. Paul would say it this way. So whether you eat or drink, or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. 1 Corinthians 10.31 Alright, and then he ends again. Discern with what is revealed... Not, as what, not with what is concealed. It concludes the chapter with the same theme as it began. The Lord's people must main, maintain their holiness their highest priority. Those who seek to be like God and peer into knowledge He has hidden should be put to death. All right. Now, I, okay. It's throwing me off uh, the clock here. Um, here's an apologetic question. Are we being inconsistent by not marching for the death penalty uh, for homosexual activity? Are we being inconsistent by not demanding a theocracy that imposes these laws? Um, are we being inconsistent by saying that one is sin and the other we don't we, we can eat you know bacon wrapped scallops? Is that inconsistent? Well, do you remember? Um, that vision that Peter had with the net. Rise, Peter, take up and eat. Lord, I I haven't ever eaten any unclean thing. I'm a good Jew. Don't make me do this. He said to him three times, and finally the vision disappears, and there's two Gentiles walking his way, saying, hey, our master would like to talk to you, right? Here's the thing. Um, Have any of you ever seen that video by Lutheran satire, Horace Reads the Internet? Have you seen this? I commend it to you. Um, It is... Not only hilarious, but it also, I think, makes a very good point.
1: horse was an Egyptian god.
0: Horus was an Egyptian god, and and he he interrupts a church service about you inconsistent, stupid Christians. Why are you doing this? You know, you eat lobster and and whatever, and and yet you condemn homosexuals. How dare you? You're inconsistent. You pick and choose your scripture. Well, the the issue is that in the New Testament, ceremonial. Ritual laws are abolished, but the moral law remains. And so here we have moral law, but it's linked to civil punishments. This is how the nation is run to show moral law. So you have a circle of moral law and a circle of ceremonial civil law, and they intersect. Part of the moral law intersects the two. And so when God takes away the civil, the ceremonial law, In the New Testament, the nation of Israel is no longer a nation, so to speak, but the gospel is now out there, and all men everywhere are called to repent and believe the gospel. This distinctiveness as a nation goes away, but the moral stuff remains. What goes away is not the moral law, but the penalty for it, right? The the state penalty for, for it. I don't advocate the death penalty for homosexuals, but I will say it's a violation of God's moral law. I can be consistent doing that. Does that make sense? There's a lot of confusion about this today.
1: Same thing goes with adultery.
0: Right. Same thing goes with adultery. That's why I didn't call for Bill Clinton's stoning. (laughs) Um, For that. But there's a distinction that's made because the new te- because Christ has come and fulfilled the law, the the, the distinctions of civil penalties that were associated with a nation that was bringing forth the Messiah, God was raising them up as a called out people to bring out the Messiah. Because He has come, that's completed, that's done. The moral law remains, and the penalty associated with it from the state goes uh, the moral law remains, but the penalty from the state goes away. Right, But not God's penalty. Not God's judgment. Not our duty to proclaim what is good, right, and true. There's a distinction there. And I think that people that make this argument, you don't take your Bible seriously, miss the fact that we take it very seriously. We read it. And we believe it. And we act accordingly. That's why we argue for these things, but aren't calling for civil penalties for them. We, we want people to repent and... In a way we meet every Sunday to discuss and plot world domination (laughs) right I want Christ to rule the world absolutely but not in the way you think I don't want to set up a Christian caliphate I I want him to rule the hearts and minds of people through the gospel and it has real effect and it has real transformation in culture and it really makes a difference. Look at the history of the church and it's continuing to make a difference and it started as a mustard seed and it's growing to a big bush, the biggest of all the bushes and I'm very very optimistic about it in spite of what happened last night in South Carolina. (laughs) The gospel will prevail. Um, Some are pessimistic. I'm more optimistic and there's a reason for that. All right. Uh, can you give me two minutes. No, it's okay. I'll stop there. I'll stop there. Any questions? Any comments?
1: Well, in the, in the first part, when it talked about, you know, if those who don't report this, you know, they shall be stoned. To, right. You know, it just I think of in the New Testament where Paul talks about being we're members one of another. You know, mm-hmm. and we see it throughout the whole New Testament that we're not individuals in this thing. We're, we're a community of people mm-hmm. and our actions affect other people. So right. there's a great unity between this passage and sure. the New Testament.
0: Sure, in fact, we see that in Revelation, the first seven chapters when Jesus talks about, the uh, or the first three chapters, where Jesus talk, is talking to the churches and one of the churches he says that you tolerate that woman Jezebel, that woman, I love that phrase, you tolerate that woman Jezebel. Condemning the church for not putting, for not exercising discipline. Yeah. Now, not he's not calling for a stoning, but certainly cut her off from the body. She doesn't need to have kind of influence that she's having on the people of God. So you're right. Any any kind of sin that we commit, we don't commit in isolation. We may think it's in isolation. It may be in a dark room by ourselves somewhere, you know, whatever. Doesn't matter. It affects all of us. And it's going to come to light But it affects all of us, and there's two ways to deal with it. One, um, persist and display that we're never part of Christ to begin with. Or two, repent, believe the gospel. The answer is the same. It's the cross for wherever we are, whether we're, 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 I've done this, I can never come. No, repent and believe the gospel. It transforms, and it grows. And you can be optimistic too. Come join me. It's a good thing. Any anything else? Any any other statements I'm trying to love neighbor here by you know, was it say that the that the mind can only absorb what the behind can endure? Uh, is that the So, all right, let me let me pray. What a great gift we have in you, Father, that you um, would call us the children of God and so we are because of what you have done for us in Christ you have called us to yourself you have given us new hearts you have called us to live to live out who we are in Jesus we don't work to earn your favor we don't strive to gain your knot of approval but you have looked at us, clothed in the righteousness of Christ, and have said, this is my Son in whom I am well pleased. What a great gift. Would you help us to to emulate Him, to, from the heart, strive toward holiness, without which no one will see the Lord? I, I want to see in my own heart a zeal for godliness that oftentimes just devolves into apathy and I can never make it, I can never make it. But thank you that in your grace, you are working and transforming us into the image of Christ little by little, day by day, painfully slow by our standards, but right on time in yours. Would you help us to walk in the shadow of the cross always? It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.
1: Roberts um, she's in Austin but um, she said that there are is disc golf I think at UT Tyler on Saturday so
0: that's we'll- also known as